Hello. <laughs> Guys, well, it's, I was I was about uh, to say something and then I saw that we were recording. Oh. I was going to say that I was just looking at both Jordan and uh, Jason dunking on a Jordan Peterson tweet earlier. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Oh, where he said like there's never they're like there are no Nazis and no white supremacists in Canada yeah, or something. Canada is free of that kind of political ideology. Yeah. Huh. That that seems unlikely. It, not only that, <laughs> they they literally have statues of like ex-Nazi people. There's like all these weird connections between like I think it's the finance minister of, of like either one of the oh, provinces yeah. or Canada and like Ukrainian uh Nazi. Anyway. Uh Jordan's comment was, yeah, all the indigenous people just moved away. They just simply moved. So welcome to episode 78 of Off the Crossbar. On uh, 2 That's true. And if we plan it right, and, we can well, have a two hour and 22 minute episode. <laughs> that's and, we're uh, like three hours late from the 2.22 p.m. Did you really recording. think we might maybe be in the no. two, 2 o'clock range? <laughs> no, I did not. We could have pretended. No if one we, would have known. If we do a three-hour podcast, we could stop at 8.22, which is 20.22 and 24-hour time. And 8 is divisible by go. 2? Why not just go until 10 at that point, and then we can go to 22. We, we go to 10.22, which is 22, oh, 22, 22. so much better. 2, 22. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it's all going to be social hour. Yep, 100%. Because we haven't recorded in a in a dang month because of a lot of reasons. Let's, uh, let's get into those reasons. <laughs> yeah, what's reason number one? Yeah, I'll, I'll go last because I, oh, yeah. I think mine's long. Oh, I'll go first then. Uh, I've been playing a lot of The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. I decided <sighs> it would be fun to replay that. That's a great game. Um, which was really convenient that I decided that uh, after contracting COVID. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was... Uh, it was fun. It What's still that? is Did fun. Did Matt just break some news? What was the news? You're the you're the first one of us three to contract yeah. COVID. Yeah, yeah. You lost. Which I is crazy. It's which is crazy to me because well, I know you interact with like uh, nieces and nephews as you mentioned yeah. pre-recording, but I mean Trevor has a child, and you like it seems like a lot of people who are getting who have gone. I mean, so many people have at this point, but. Albert when you have a kid, got it from a child. Yeah, when you have a kid that's going to school or whatever, like yeah. that's like a pretty. I feel pretty confident that I have had it at some point. I've just been asymptomatic. Mm. Like, yeah, that's true for a lot of us. I don't do a whole lot of risky stuff, COVID wise. But I think I told you guys I was at. Um, I went to my niece's birthday party, which was inside one of those jump around places. Ooh, yeah and it was just like it's inside and there's a million kids yeah like in the middle of the omicron surge and i was like there's no way i'm walking out of here feeling healthy yeah. but yeah i haven't had any symptoms so that's yeah. good well thankfully my symptoms are pretty mild like in the grand scheme of things just yeah. felt like a bad cold or flu yeah I'm and glad. uh laid around on the couch didn't really read anything because Apparently, when I'm sick, I just want to watch The Simpsons and play video games. And I that love what it. I did. Sounds about right. Man. I don't think there's anything else to bring up in <laughs> Social Hour, unfortunately. But no, that's that's all right. That's a good update. I, I mean, okay, Trevor, you go, and then I'll talk about mine. <laughs> all right. Um, no, we. Uh, so back when the whole thing began, it's a pandemic that we're in, um, and the like first idea of like a vaccine came out. Um, we told 
Charlie that we probably wouldn't be doing a whole lot of like public get together, big crowd type things until everybody in the house was able to be vaccinated and was vaccinated. And that was kind of like, that's what we told Charlie, like, that's the window. That's what you need to like plan on. That's the answer to your question. Like, can we go to the movie theater once we're all vaccinated and everything's calmed down? Like, don't ask us those questions until that happens. Uh, Anyway, about a month ago, Charlie finally got her or their um, last round of the vaccine, the second shot. So we started going to the movies and we went to uh, the movie theaters and awesome. They've got like signs up in there. I guess they, during everything, they did a whole lot of updates. So like each theater like has its own like HVAC, like ventilation. Yeah. HEPA filtered system in there. So it's like, it feels a lot safer now. And I really like that. Um, But anyway, we went to see some movies and we went and saw death of the Nile last weekend, which is pretty good. And then the weekend before that, yeah, we saw uh, moonfall which sucks. It's really, really bad. It's like the worst disaster movie that's ever been made. Um, but no, that's the thing. We, we, we started going to see movies again. Um, and that might become like our Sunday activity thing. Um, I love that. But we I also love, love the theater. Yeah, no, it's great. I'm really, really happy that we started going back. Uh, we also, it's free fair February for uh, UTA. Tracks, yeah. Like all, all UTA. All of yeah. UTA is free for the month, so I wanted to make a point of like doing that. Bring Charlie onto tracks because they don't get to do that that much. Um, so we went up to the planetarium, and before oh, we went up to dude. the planetarium, we went to uh, this um, little cafe out in Daybreak. That's the most expensive thing I've ever seen in my life. Wait, which cafe? The one at the by the pool? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, oh, it's nice. uh, Biscots, I think, is what yeah. it's called. There's a pool near there. There's yeah. a sign for a pool anyway. Um, it's really nice. Like it's a fancy little nice yeah. cafe, but it's it was expensive. Yeah. But that's also because we always get macaroons. Anytime we, anytime I see any place that has macaroons, Charlie loves macaroons, so we go try them out. Now, do you mean macaroons or macarons? I've always heard it pronounced macaroons. They're actually two different things. Yeah. You're probably but talking about macarons. You're talking about French cookies. Those are macarons. Yeah. Macron is delicious. the president of France. <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> so you're you're wrong. <laughs> is it Macron? Yeah. Is it Macron? So, yeah. It's, okay. uh, I, I learned how to pronounce it from, I'm pretty sure, the Great British Bake Off. I'm pretty sure they say it macaroon. So a macaroon is one of those coconut cookie things. Is it? Yeah. And yeah. The ones that, they have the same origin. But. Yeah. I have some okay. downstairs that um, Trader Joe's sells some r- really good ones that are, it's just like a coconut baked good, which is, okay. uh, they're gluten free mostly for the most part. And so that's what well, I, I like both, those a lot. Both beautiful snacks are. That's the best thing. That is true. Um, Charlie, Charlie likes macarons. <laughs> so we get those like at any opportunity we can and they're always expensive so there's a great place in salt lake I, they may have a location down in your neck of the woods but called fillings and emulsions and they really? do all sorts of great desserts macarons are, are yeah they have nice. one uh, i'm pretty sure there's one on center street and provo that makes there's sense. two on center street and provo they're great one is um and i forget the name yeah, of it they now. have main street salt lake provo and west valley so yeah, yeah. then it must be the one I'm thinking of West center street th- three, three twenty six West center street. Provo is the, yeah, is the, that one, that one is super fancy and super nice. They've got tarts that I really like. Yeah. Everything I've like, had there have like incredible. the jelly. 
Everything on there looks way the too good. Tarp. I'm not going to look really, at it. really, really good. No, it's going to bug me, so hang on while I figure out the name of the other place. It is called, oh my goodness. The bacon. They have cronuts. That's like their thing. Mm. It's made out of uh, the Cro-Magnon man and uh, <laughs> something else. Plus the band you know, cro That's what it is. Bianca's La Petite French Bakery. That's the oh. one that's nearby. Nice. I love it. Really good. Nice. Right, that's that's uh, most of what we've been up to, guys. <laughs> it's funny if I could, I could just focus specifically on the things that I've been watching because since we've talked last, I think I've watched like four full TV series because of what took place. Okay, guys. So here's what happened. I was uh, strap in. I think I, I I think Matt knows this in greater detail, Trevor. But uh, okay. for for your information and for our dear listeners information. So it was, <laughs> I, it was like one of the, I guess it was the last week of January. It was like a Wednesday. And, um, I had an eye appointment, uh, with my eye doctor at the eye Institute of Utah, who I've been seeing for this condition I have called keratoconus. He's like a specialist that I see anyway. So I had had some like weird vision stuff in my right eye for like a little while. Like I noticed my peripheral vision was kind of messed up and I figured it was just my other eye condition that I have. So I go to this appointment and it was like, it, it was like a day where they were running like far behind and it was, everything was just taking forever. And I did a ton of different of like the eye exams and I did them with my contacts without my contacts. And it was just like reading the letters on the screen and, which one is better, three or four, just over and over and over and over and over. And I was so exhausted. I wanted to go home and I had a bunch of work I needed to do. So things were like, it was just like a normal eye appointment. And uh, he comes in, he's like, yeah, so as far as keratoconus goes, like everything is looking good. I was like, okay, I guess that's fine. At one point we did a peripheral vision test and it was, it was really bad in my right eye. And I, she was like, oh, that's kind of weird. And then my doctor, he was like, hey, we should do a retina scan on this guy real quick and then get him out of here. And I was like, sweet. I'm almost done. So we did a retina scan and she like the tech bless her heart. She like does it. She's like, Oh, uh, that looks a little, uh, uh, that looks weird. I was like, Oh yeah. And she like brings me out of the screen. She's like, yeah, do you see like your left eye, how it's like flat? And I was like, yeah. And then she's like, okay, well look at this one. And it's like a crumpled piece of paper looking thing. And I was like, uh, yeah, that's probably bad. And she's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it's not how it's supposed to be. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, all right, then. <laughs> I don't okay, know. Like, what, I was like, okay. <laughs> so then she takes me back in the room and I'm sitting there and then the doctor comes in. He's like, Kyle, I am so sorry. I was like, okay. He's like, you have a partially detached retina in your right eye and you have to get surgery like ASAP. Like this is a medical emergency. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I, he handed me a piece of paper and he's like, I don't know what you have going on tomorrow, but you need to go to this appointment and then they'll get you like set up for surgery. And I was like, oh, okay then. So then I left and I was like, and my eyes were still dilated, which was probably a safety concern that I just hopped in my car. Cause it was, tough to see i did like double up sunglasses but um it was golden hour sunset and um so i called my mom and to tell her what was going on and she was like oh my goodness like uh she i, I forgot at the time but she works for uh, a retina clinic and so she's like i'm gonna have like my doctor call you right now and i was like okay so then he calls me and i met and he's like yay hey come to my clinic like right now and so he drives over to his clinic and i met him there on my way home from my other appointment 
And he takes a look. He's like, yep, uh, you're getting surgery. I've got surgeries all day tomorrow that I've, I've got a couple surgeries and I can get you in my schedule and I'm, I'm, I'm fixing your eye tomorrow. And I was like, okay, I guess we're, we're just doing this now. So, uh, literally just went to a regular eye appointment and I had, uh, surgery to fix my detached or partially detached retina, like 18 hours later, which was nuts. Um, and they put like, it's a pretty gnarly uh, procedure, but they put like a silicon band like around my eye that's currently in there like forever. <laughs> so, oh, um, forever? yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. So, and, uh, yeah. And so that was very, that was very sudden and, and, uh, had, had no idea that was coming. So yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't work for a few days. I don't know how long I didn't work for like maybe like four days. Um, and then I started slowly going, going back to work the next week. So I had the surgery on a Thursday and then I, um, just like chilled and like watched stuff all weekend and wore an eye patch or whatever. Um, so yeah. And I'm like full recovery, like takes a long time. Um, like it, I don't know, like it's going to be at least like six weeks from now until my vision stabilizes. And then, but it's like a, it could be like a six month to two year full recovery thing. Oh, <laughs> so, but I mean, I'm like, yeah, it's like mostly fine now. Uh, but it just, my eye just looks kind of messed up at this point, but it's all good. So maybe a stupid question. No, there are none. Cause I, is, yeah. this, is this like the result of like something you did or is this mm. just a thing that just like happened? It's a great question. Actually, it's not a stupid question because they asked me, uh, the first eye doctor, he was like, did you like recently get like hit in the head really hard or get in a car accident? And I was like, like how recently? We're talking like <laughs> 10 years ago because I have been hitting the head a lot. And he's like, no, I mean like in the last like week. And I was like, no. He's like, yeah, uh, normally this is caused by head trauma, but the other way it's caused is just... Um, People who are nearsighted, like lucky people like me, uh, tend to be more susceptible to retinal tears. And when you get small tears in your retina, um, the normal eye fluid that we all have can go into the, those tears and start separating your retina from like the back wall in which it's supposed to be attached. And so um, that's what happened to me. And um, so yeah, if anyone that's listening has like weird peripheral vision things or whatever, or sees, I don't even, I don't know what the other symptoms are. That was, that was basically mine. Um, he's probably just good to go get checked out <laughs> because yeah. I could, I mean, I don't know. I noticed it back in like December. And so I, it had been about a month, but I, I should probably should have gotten it checked out sooner, but I don't know if it makes a difference. Like my, like my peripheral vision is already like coming back, although oh, it's still great. very blurry just in general, but yeah, so that was exciting. And that lend that lended itself to a lot of television watching. Like I cruised through, uh, yellow jackets, like that first day, which is a show about this, um, soccer team that's going to nationals from like the East coast to like Washington or something. And they, their plane crashes out in the forest and it's all these, it's kind of like, uh, What's that? What's Lord that book? Lord of the Flies. Lord of the Flies, but uh, girls soccer team and oh, cool. like their coach and like the the ball boys or whatever. Anyway, watch that. Watched uh, all of all four seasons that are out of Yellowstone. <laughs> How is it? Um, it's so weird because I 
I, I loved watching the show and I think it's very like, I think it's, it's very watchable. It's very like captivating. Um, and the guy who made it, Taylor Sheridan is like an actual like rancher guy from Texas, but he's done things like he wrote, uh, wind river, which is, I think is like one the, one of the best modern Western movies. He wrote Sicario, which is a fantastic movie. He's done like a bunch of, I need to see what else he's done. Uh, what was that first one you said? Wind, Wind River? River. Wind River. And I think it's it's I think it's just fantastic. Um let's see. Hell or High Water, another fantastic uh modern western. And he did a bunch of like the Sons of Anarchy stuff as well. So and then he's he's gotten more into TV shows. So he wrote Yellowstone and he's has some spin-offs that he's working on. So I like the show. I'm also just like I'm a huge fan of like a lot of the show is filmed in Utah, so it's fun to just be like, hey, look, there's Utah on the screen. But I also just like love Montana and stuff. And it's just like beautiful scenery. There's there's really good things about it. But some of the writing is just so annoying. Another thing I was like complaining about on Twitter yesterday was that like there's no continuity of seasons. So like it's never winter time. Sometimes there's snow, but it's either early season, early spring or it's either like late spring snow or early fall snow and so it's like yellow trees and then snow and sometimes it'll be like blossoming but then there's like some like snow that's melting and like running off and they just don't ever explain like how much time is passing and it's very confusing as to like especially between seasons it's so weird and i get like it wouldn't be fun to film in montana in january because it's very cold and uh, it wouldn't be maybe very interesting television but it's like weird that they never address the passage of time versus the scenery, which is, is its own like character, in my opinion, to the the show, because so much of that, the, like, the entire premise of the show is uh, Kevin Costner's character, like wanting to keep control of this like amazing ranch that's been his, in his family for like two centuries or whatever. Hmm. Um, and so like the scenery and everything is so important to the show. And then they're just like, yeah just spinning a wheel of determining what season it is, except it's never winter. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Anyway, I really like the show. I like, I, it's, it's, it's fun to watch. I'm, I don't think it's like incredible. It's not incredibly written, but it is like an epic show. Okay. Um, so yeah. Um, there's that. I feel, oh, man, it's just been, I've just been watching some, so much television. Um, can I, can I disappoint you for a second? Sure, maybe? Please. I started watching archive 81. Oh, and yeah. I got like four you episodes liked it at in. First. Yeah, I did. I liked like the first two or three episodes, and then I got—I don't know what it was—but like between the third and fourth or fifth episode, I got like halfway through one of them and turned it off to like go do something. I had and to, like, then you never went back. I haven't went back, and I don't want That's to. So like, I, I realized I turned it off, and That's then right. I went back like an hour later, and I was like, I just don't want to watch it. Like the half hour that I was watching it, hey man, wasn't good. All right, if I, I don't, I don't ever want I, people. I think I to, gave up on that one. That's fine. I, uh, I it doesn't disappoint me. I'm trying to think of. I don't want people to be forced into watching something they don't like just because I'm very adamant that I like it. I would yeah. force Trevor into watching things, but <laughs> do a little I, uh, clockwork orange style eye lifter things. And, yeah. Yeah. Like I haven't even watched many movies just because I've been like, we've been watching so much TV. And then most recently uh, we started uh broad church and just cruised through the first season. That show's awesome. I really like <laughs> British crime TV like that. Very good. Uh, Olivia Coleman is fantastic. And the Scottish dude is good too. 
Uh, he's a Scottish dude. Hold on. I don't know. Is I don't even. I don't. I don't know if I've seen him in anything else actually. But we we cruised through the first season very quickly, um, and then we were watching. Are you, are you talking about David Tennant? Is wait is that <laughs> famed doctor of Doctor Who? Famous. Yeah, I never watched Doctor Who. Oh, yeah. I, it is David Tennant. I, I honestly, I'm so sorry, Matt. No, I, I don't care. I am not a Doctor Who watcher. Is that like but, his big thing? Is Doctor Who? Yeah, he's done a lot. Of, he's been in a lot of stuff. Done a lot of stuff. A lot of British stuff, stuff I should say. I don't like watch a ton of British TV. I like. I'm looking through his thing. I like have never watched like any of these. I, I mean, what's funny is I watched one of the things I have watched, like all of that he's done, is the Clone Wars, but it's it's uh, um, animated. So yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, I know the name David Tennant. That's really funny that that's him. I just like didn't care to find out who he was. I was like, oh, I like this guy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Jenny saw him on the stage in in london i've literally never watched any of these things maybe it was, heard of it was probably much ado about nothing actually duck patrol which i hope you've heard of love. yeah i have is he a, traditionally a stage actor or something he's done a lot of it it looks like that predated his other work okay so yeah. his, his big or thing was uh, yeah that's funny yeah i yeah, never watched him like, as far as like British actors and actresses go, like he's very much a known commodity. Someone's like, gonna get mad at me for not knowing Doctor Who. I'm just not a British TV guy very much, but when I like a show, I like a show. I have been uh, watching Peep Show, another great. That's a good British one. Show. That's a really like. I watched. I think most of the first season. Uh, speaking of Olivia Coleman, um, and then I I think I got some into the second season, and it just got like really awkward, which like. A lot of British TV shows do. They're really good at it. Like The Office was good at it too, where they just like create awkward, embarrassing tension. Yeah. And then just let it sit for a while. And I totally, I really kind of struggled to get through that. Yeah. That kind of stuff. So that's why I stopped watching Peep shows. Just too much of that kind of vibe. Let's see. I watched like when the original British version of Skins, I watched that. That's so a good that's one. a TV show, a British TV show. Um, I've been told to watch Peaky Blinders like a million times and haven't watched that. Is it, um, it's not a Black British Mirror. British I think I think it counts. I think it's a British TV show. show. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Black Mirror definitely was. I did watch all of that. So so good. Yeah. So you know, I like the British crime genre, but I feel like I just don't. I just haven't watched a lot of uh, British television. Anyway, so yeah, we're in the second season of that show. I like it. But I, I I love Olivia Coleman. I think she's she's yeah, delightful. she's phenomenal. She's really really good. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I think that's enough of me. I well, I was in. Uh, I did finally leave my house for the first time. Like I haven't I hadn't driven my car. Like I wasn't really supposed to drive for a while. I can drive now. I've only driven like once in the last like four weeks, which is I'm lucky. I have a remote job. But um, I did go up to Driggs, Idaho, with the family for the weekend. I was it was supposed to, it's a supposed to be a ski trip on the on presence day weekend we used to go to tahoe but we i couldn't ski or snowboard be due to my condition and uh but i did go snowshoeing and it was delightful and went into jackson a couple of the days and did jackson stuff but jackson wyoming that is i guess but yeah anyway good country good place and that's it that's that was long-winded I'm looking at retinal tear pictures. 
Oh, Google? why? I could show you pictures of the procedure because uh, the doctor <clears throat> took photos while he was doing it. And so, like my nice. mom was in a different part of the state and she felt very bad that she could not be close to assist. I don't know what else she would, would have done because I have a lovely partner who was who was very supportive through the whole thing. But um she he was sending her photos of the whole thing and he sent me the same photos as well and they are it's pretty gnarly <laughs> so most of what i'm seeing is just like what it looked like animations of like inside the eye or drawings of inside the eye yeah. right um and it's just showing the retinal detachment like inside the eye there's some that are like a picture of somebody's eye and like do you have retinal detachment and it's showing their eye having like a blood spot kind of on it yeah, but you can just like see is that part of it or is that I just like I don't really stock think so. Photo of I, I, I think it's just like a stock photo. I, I don't okay. really know. I don't. I have like, that problem a lot. I've yeah, I think you'd really probably. I think, I think you'd know if you have that issue. I mean, if you want to see what I got done, it's the scleral buckle. Um, scleral. 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 S C L E R A L. Uh, I'm sure that's exciting for everyone to Google, but um, buckle. yeah, my photos in particular, um, I oh, think wow. are kind of crazier than those. My eye looks more normal than theirs, I guess. But anyway, so, uh, yeah. Oh boy. I mean, this is obvious, but don't do a Google search of scleral buckle infection. Oh, no. Yeah, I, uh, didn't search that. So, well, Kyle, I just I'm glad you were still cited in that. So. Thank you. Hey, thanks. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm alive, so we're good. Yeah. But maybe another stupid question. Is a detached retina like a life threatening thing or is it just like an eyesight? It's a vision thing? threatening thing. So okay. if it's like gone for long enough, I guess, then you lose your vision permanently. So why? Wow. <laughs> good we got that taken care of. Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad. I, very surprising to end up in surgery that quickly after just a normal routine eye appointment. I was like supposed to like meet with my manager. Like I, I wanted to go over some stuff with him. Like, and I was really annoyed by the appointment taking so long. So like, I called him. I was like, "Hey, going to be a bit later." And then I called him again. I was like, "Hey, I'm actually not. It's it's actually I I'm not going to be in at all for the next couple hours." And then after my appointment with or after my quick check in with my the guy my mom works for, I was like, I called him back. I was like, I'm not going to be working for like a week actually now. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, uh, RSL real, real salt Lake. Yeah. is a team. It is <laughs> that plays in the Western conference of the, uh, slated to finish, uh, dead last. If you believe the hype, that's right. The conference, not dead, not, last. Not dead last 11th. No. I think no. the average spot was 11th. It's pretty good. Um, and we'll get to more of that, of course. But uh, it's been a while since we recorded, first of all. So we yeah. haven't talked a lot about like rumors a that have been circulating. Yeah. Yeah. And there's only one real rumor that's been circulating lately. Well, uh, two. Isn't two? It? Well, the, well, let's get to the first one and then we'll, then we'll, we'll see what the second one is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's the uh, a player whose first name I've somehow forgotten. Is it Gustavo? Gustavo, Gustavo Cuellar? I believe yeah. is how it's pronounced. Uh, I am not great at some things, but I was almost pronouncing his name. Then. I think I did reasonably okay. I was about to say it's as good as you could have done. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, and he's a, a Colombian uh, defensive midfielder, plays for the national team, regular player, uh, currently in Saudi Arabia at Al Halal FC. 
who you might have watched in the Club World Cup. You've probably been following this rumor. Uh, the only update here is that there's no update. I've been following Arabic tweets and uh, have not. It, it's funny, like any romantic language, uh, it's easy to, or romantic language, rather, sorry. Uh, it's easy to read the tweet and get an idea yeah. of what it's about, right? Yeah. Whether it's a report or somebody having an idea or like a fan. That is not so easy when it uses a different uh, character set. So, yeah, it's very doing confusing. a lot of hit and translate. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. No news yet. Yeah. And this one was like, I mean, it was reported by Fabrizio Romano, uh, Italian journalist, which is uh, probably the first time he's ever tweeted about Real Salt Lake. I don't I can't think of another time. Uh, he initially broke that news that he was likely to sign, uh, by all accounts, it was looking like it was going to happen. They were just kind of waiting for the club world cup to be completed or them to be knocked out. Supposedly, uh, I never really had a good feeling about it. I was excited about it. Like we had RSL players following him on Instagram. Still do. Still do. Still liking his tweets or his uh, (laughs) His Instagram posts. And maybe, maybe it does end up happening, but like, I, I don't know, man. It just felt like a. I know we have different ownership and it's like, it's not the same circumstances as we had before, but it's like, it felt very reminiscent of other coincidentally, mainly midfielders that we've tried to sign from various places across the world where it's like, we're told there's an agreement. People are saying like, it's done. We're just waiting for X. We're just waiting for Y. Uh, And then it just kind of disappears. So maybe it does happen, but, um, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm bummed. It doesn't appear to be imminent. Like it was at one point supposedly. Yeah. And it's one of those things when a player says, Hey, I want to wait till after this tournament is over. Um, they often mask it as like, Hey, I want to make sure that I consider my options clearly and it's not distracting. Um, but I think <sighs> it more often I think it may change the offers I get. Yeah. Or maybe my club will see that I'm incredibly valuable. Or maybe my club will hire a new coach immediately after the tournament who I'm interested in playing for. Is that what... Uh, that is what happened. A Colombian coach, right? Uh, I don't remember where he's from. Or is yet. he not Colombian? Uh, I'll look it up while you talk about it. I can't remember, actually. <laughs> we talk about what we don't know. Yeah. Uh, did they bring in... A, oh, did they said, bring in someone that he, that he knows? I can't remember. You? Argentine Leonardo coach. Hardin? Oh, he's an Argentine coach. Okay. Uh, Ramon Portuguese. Diaz. No? What am I looking at? Why am I looking at the different thing from you? I don't know. But yeah, I mean, he would he would be an amazing signing for us. But I, you know, they did lose to Chelsea. <laughs> so yeah. which we were hoping that maybe that would... I mean, they still played a third place game after that, right? And then got smoked. There's uh, even a fifth or sixth place game in that one. So was there really? Yeah. Okay. Money, money, money. I see what happened. I'm looking at their old coach. Oh, Leonardo Jardim. Jardim. That, yeah. He is Portuguese. Yeah. And they left by mutual consent in February. Yeah, like right after that tournament. Yeah, I think there's something with him and the new guy where maybe that's a a reason to stay. I don't know. But um, yeah, he would have been a he would have been or might end up being or could have been a great player for us, I think. But 
Um, without him, we're looking at mainly the same midfield as we were last year, except for Scott Caldwell, uh, yeah. which I don't know what the plans are there. But I mean, if we're, we appear to be planning on playing a three-five-two, uh, kind of contingent on us having like a super solid six, which uh, this man would have been. And we do not have any other good six option. Luis exists, but he is not that player. There's been no noticeable fundamental like change to or improvement to the weaknesses of the three five two from last year. Yeah. We we just have more options. Like we have we now have Scott Caldwell, which pushes Beasler down this depth chart a little bit, but isn't an improvement over our best at that position probably not and then we have we got rid of Dakovich. yeah brought in uh koppelhoff from from chicago koppelhoff who played pretty regularly for chicago it seems like a a solid mls signing like i that's a good signing it's a good signing but it's not like it's not changing all of a sudden (laughs) we can play the 352 because our center backs are so much better now well that was kind of the problem like another silver or another glad like he's about as good as those guys are and that's kind of like when we were when we were talking about our defensive issues last year even before we switched to the, the 352 a lot of the problems were because we didn't have like a super solid defensive midfielder. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I, like when we were waiting on Tony Dotkovich, I wasn't like, I was only like anxious for that because Eric Holt kept starting. But if we just have like a solid Marcelo Silva, who is of course prone to Marcelo Silva, like behavior and, and Justin Glad, it really wasn't that bad. Honestly, like the two of them are, are, are a good pairing. Right. Um, and, and we saw so that I, in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that, like they play well together. I, the problem continued to be, and as it's been reported widely by everyone else, uh, needing a, a strong number six. Like that's something that like Tom Hackett has been like saying forever. Um, and I think that's really important with that formation when you're spreading yourself th- uh, thin um, on that defensive line, which we saw, especially when your center backs are maybe playing wing center back or whatever. Like that. That game that Al Halal played against Chelsea, uh, a lot of RSL fans watched that. The way that that uh, Cuellar plays that position is so much different than like a Everton Luis or a Pablo Ruiz. Like that's, I think we've like almost forgotten what it's like to have like that type of player playing I mean, that, that position. Vintage Kyle Beckerman style, right? It's so noticeable when you see it and then like when you don't have it you're like and we've gone this long without it it's like oh yeah maybe everton could play that he plays something like related to it it's cousin but like that is a very defined skill set and that's something that we really desperately need and that would have been a great signing might be or could be yeah Yeah. someone who can connect the defense to the rest of the team so that we don't just launch the ball forward at a moment's notice hoping to hit like a a risky diagonal or a weird yeah. half cross into the box. Like you watch like Conte, like going back to Chelsea again, like that, that game was, was that position on display because Conte is the best in the world at that position. And I, I watched that again today and it's just, uh, it's, it's very important <laughs> to have that person. If you watch like the men's national team, 
Um, Tyler Adams plays that position very well. I, I even think Kellen Acosta is a very good version of that player, especially for MLS. Like when he is an actually like an actual like defined six like that, I think he's very good. So um, yeah, maybe I don't know. Kellen Acosta would maybe would have been a good target for us at one point, yeah. but so instead of him yeah. getting like bounced around wherever, I feel bad for that guy. Kind of in MLS, he yeah. gets time in for the Nationals, but anyway. On the positive side, or on the plus side, the window is still open until May 4th. Yeah. So, like, it's not done and dusted. It's not finalized anytime soon. Uh, and even when the rumor, like, first broke, there was um, a debate about whether he was going to come this window or in the summer. So, he could still be coming. There's still possible scenarios where that could happen. I, I don't think it's going to be. It doesn't seem like it's going to be anytime soon, though. Yeah, my my suspicion is that he's going to leverage the interest into a new contract at Al Halal. I think so too. Probably double yeah. his salary, which is not an inconsiderable amount already. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of no. I'll dog on it. That's kind of the reason why players go over there a lot is yeah because those people have money and they'll pay a lot of money to keep <clears throat> players there, and those players make a lot of money. So. Well, and they've got you know a coach who was at uh, at where was Ramon Diaz? He was at River Plate, uh, Oxford United, great club. <laughs> That's funny, uh, Club America, Independiente, uh, and yeah, Paraguay. Like, Trevor, like what you're saying, like it's it's certainly not done and dusted. I think it's just important that it's emphasized how much we really need that player, especially yeah. if. We're on this whole, I guess we'll talk about this in a little bit, but like it's time to prove everyone wrong again. Um, I would love to see us prove, quote, everyone wrong again, uh, but it's going to be difficult doing a full season of what we were doing under Pablo last year. Um, yeah. I, as with uh, fewer goal scorers <laughs> than we had yeah, last just, year. And that, I guess, brings us to our... Uh, our departures, which we've talked about, of course, throughout the podcast. I, I, we didn't over the last three months, but we didn't mention that uh, Cordova came in. I guess. Oh yeah, a great goal scorer. I uh, scored like seven goals in his career. <laughs> so as a professional, yeah. yeah. So yeah. after we talked to like that last episode about how like we we're unlikely to see like you know players like move amongst the ownership structure, we did get someone who's who's been at Osberg, Osberg, uh, and he Venezuelan like forward not really quite sure I, it looks like we're we're bringing him in to play wing for us I think um yeah it's Cordova <laughs> Sergio Cordova from Venezuela uh friends with uh Jefferson Saverino they spoke yeah. on the phone about him coming here and I think uh Saverino sold him on it so uh always a good sign yeah if there's anyone that you'd want to come back like it's if there's Either anyone a, a that we would at the age of 50 yeah, or I would take Averino yeah. at the I age of whatever a, like 25 is, is even that old yet. I don't even, is Saverino? Saverino? I don't think he's that old. I would so, be uh, always 25. Exactly. I'm just going to plug that. I would be very excited if uh Saverino came back, but oh, anyway, yeah. uh, well, he's another one that's like kind of a weird position, old player, like second striker winger, I guess he would, Often in my mind, he was always on. He was a left winger because he would shoot across the goal. A lot of his goals seemed to come from like like that. But anyway, um, yeah, 
I'd love to to see that. But anyway, Cordova's uh, he played in preseason like a little bit, and he and he looks. I mean, he's a tall dude, and he looks pretty fast. I guess um, I didn't see anything like overwhelmingly impressive. He had a good move that turned into like the weirdest dummy of all time from Everton Louise and then led to a just complete shank from uh, Menendez from like inside the six. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> that was against Minnesota, I think. And yeah, uh, so I don't really know what to expect from him yet, like at all. And he's completely unproven. Um, and I'm not sure what to really think about it yet. I guess we'll see, but I'm not like when we look at the players where we lost, as we were about to talk about departures, when we think about Alba Rusnak and we think Anderson Julio, not, not sure what's going on with him. It seemed like he was coming back. And then Pablo Mastromeni seemed to indicate that he's not. When we think about how we're losing like 40% of the, our goal production from last year and we're replacing it with Cordova so far, who we aren't quite sure what we can expect yet. Um, it's concerning, especially when I'm not, I'm I'm unsure of what to think of Bobby Wood at this point. I don't know what to think of um, Rubia Rubin. <laughs> really, I know that like we didn't see Rubia Rubin in preseason, so I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know what's going on there, but uh, yeah. Oh, he had a, a surgery preseason. Yeah, um, and he's out for some amount of time. Who knows? So yeah, it's not. A major thing. It's not a major surgery. It's not a major injury or anything. Like we'll see plenty of him this season. But I think the story was the last year he was playing through an injury for a big part of the year, and he had off-season surgery to fix whatever that was. But it was minor, not major. But yeah, no, we haven't seen him all preseason, and apparently we didn't see him all last season at full strength either. So that's kind of heartening, but also. Yeah, I don't think he's going to make up for all of the losses that we have. Right, because he was there last season. Yeah, Even <laughs> if he like, was there at 80%, like I don't think that additional 20% is going to make up for losing Rusnak. Yeah, I mean, there was that stretch where Rubin went like 12 games without scoring or like 11 games. I, mean, I can't remember I what it was. did that a couple times. I mean, he was kind he, of streaky. He, he started out really well. Um you know, there were there were a couple like really good performances. Uh, it just like toward the end of the season. I mean, that of course that could be like the injury, like you're saying, but uh, really didn't see much of him toward down the stretch, unfortunately. So yeah, um, yeah. And okay, S- speaking specifically specifically about Albert Rusnak, I saw I saw some comments of like, oh, like Albert didn't even do anything for us in the playoffs. Like, oh, like they didn't even, like the MLS staff writer, like, oh, like he... He did have COVID. He, he did have, not only did he have COVID, we wouldn't have been in the playoffs if Albert <laughs> weren't on the team last year. So um, I know like the playoffs were just, I mean, very weird run. It was, it was very fun. And I enjoyed every second of it for the most. Well, okay. We got the Portland. <laughs> I was going to say, you did I enjoyed not enjoy the a lot of it. I didn't enjoy the actual game in Portland. It was, it was oh. very bad. Um, but like, like, I, it's just as someone who always wanted more from Albert Rusnak, I think it's important that we don't pretend like he did nothing <laughs> while yeah, he was yeah. here. Well, because, was... because the, I mean, there needs to be pressure on the club to replace that production. Like, that's what I like. I don't like this whole, like, oh, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything in the playoffs. It's like, no, like, 
we have a massive gap of production from last year, and it's entirely unclear how that's going to be filled. Is that going to be Cordova? Is he going to go for 15? Maybe, <laughs> probably not. But like, There's no evidence. To it needs like, let's stop. Let's just shut up about the whole like like good riddance. Like, I, we don't have to cry over Albert, but we have to be realistic about the about the production that he had last year and i think it's important that there's that pressure on the club to be like hey guys uh i'm still missing um a proven score passer of the ball who can create chances like could albert have done better yes should he have finished a lot more chances than he had yes i watched the seattle preseason game in which he did a lot of albert snack things where he got into good positions and just completely blew a shot wide like yeah he does that and he also scores, though, <laughs> and he did for us. So, yeah, anyway, there's kind of a thing with this team and a lot of the fans were pretty revisionist a lot of times. Yeah. And that's just, just like the most obvious recent example. Like as soon as Albert was gone, there's a whole lot of people that, yeah, like you said, like the good riddance and we don't need him and, and like that whole thing. Like I get being upset about it, but he was a good player for this team. And we better have a good player for this team. It's yeah. coming in very soon, or it's going to be very apparent how actually bad this team can be. Um, yeah. And they won't get a preseason, so maybe that's a good transition to talk about what actually happened in preseason for the players who managed to actually play. Because there <laughs> not were a lot, a few that didn't. Uh, Andrew Brody did not play. Aaron Herrera didn't play in matches that we had access to watch. At least, yeah, Demir Krylock as well. Yeah. So, uh, should we talk about preseason? Um, I personally, oh, sorry, Kyle. I was going to say, I I only watched the games that happened in Portland. So, yeah. I'm assuming that's kind of, that's all I have to judge on is the game against Viking FK, uh, Minnesota United, and then Portland Timbers FC. (laughs) And, um, so I personally think that preseason is incredibly important and you can predict every result that happens throughout the season on it. Um, but I understand that I'm not the, I may be the only person that holds that extremely noble opinion. Um, well, I disagree, Matt. Thank you for taking the bait. Politely. Uh, no, preseason is, um, preseason serves one purpose. If I can go on a little bit of a rant here, you preseason may. serves serves one purpose. And that is to get fans excited about the season being about to start from a fan perspective, obviously like analyzing games, analyzing players, analyzing tactics, analyzing whatever, like preparing for the season in that way. It's largely useless. You're getting a lot of minutes for a lot of guys that probably aren't going to see the field. Yeah. We had two or three guys that I think played like every single preseason game that are not going to set foot on the field for the first team this year. We had our two draft picks, Fonseca and Lufseland, uh, or Lufelsend, um, our Monarch signings. We've got Axel Kai, who's probably only going to see minutes in, with the Monarchs this year. And hopefully he's a child. Yeah, he's he's still a child. Um, yeah, and there were several players that we didn't see. And it kind of makes sense because like they're known commodities and they've been professionals for plenty of time that they like don't necessarily need a preseason to like warm up to, you know, whatever. Like Brody not getting minutes kind of surprises me, but Herrera, we know what we're going to get from Herrera. Yeah. Demir, we know what we're going to get from Demir. So analyzing the team, like how good the team is going to do based on the results of those games is garbage. I mean, we beat the UVU 
team six to one. I think it was eight to one. Eight to one. So, yeah, that's right. Six is or was it Bobby Wood that scored five goals? Bobby yeah. Wood got a hat trick plus. Like, good for him, but we're not playing UVU. We're not UVU. Also, is like preseason UVU right now. So, trying to take anything from that is really it's it's not valuable. But yeah. it is exciting to watch the team again it is exciting to watch soccer again it's it's nice that we're about to start the season and it it gets exciting that way but other than that preseason's worthless and garbage and i (laughs) don't care about it and i don't see the value in analyzing the games or taking anything from the games at all yeah i it's it's tough because like i i i certainly get that it's also hard to like watch them and be like it'd be nice if we could do something <laughs> in this game <laughs> so like i don't know i like I I, I I i agree for the most part it's just funny like i'm thinking like if we had like just destroyed portland or for some reason like what the what the club response would be to that like what the what the i don't know if it right. would be like oh my goodness i don't know if it would really be focused on like it's just practice if i feel like it would be a bit more like big things come like this is indicative of what's to come which right it's dangerous either way to make to 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 say that like i i i'm i'm with you i'm just like i, I don't know like I, i'd like to see a little bit more you know <laughs> especially defensively yeah. um in those games especially against viking like uh, I think Matt pointed out like the salary uh, discrepancy between Viking FK and us. And like, granted they're like in uh, more of a mid season form than we are at this point, of course, but it was like, like that game was not close. No, <laughs> so, no. no we never looked like we were competitive. Yeah. But that's was, the thing for me is I want to see, I don't, I don't care about the results per se. Um, obviously getting blown out is not, not a good thing. Um, feels bad. Yeah, it does. And it's not exciting, right? But you want to see patterns established. And I don't feel like we saw good patterns being established at all. It looked kind of like what we saw last year. Yeah. Middle to the end of the season was kind of the same problems, kind of the same. And, but again, if you want to analyze it, like you've got to look at it and be like, oh, these aren't the same players. For sure. Players that obviously have been on vacation for the past month. Yeah. They're they were on vacation a month or two ago and so like yeah that's where i really struggle to like take much of anything from the preseason in that way and that's why like you said it's kind of funny to see the club react based on the result because it's very predictable if we get blown out then yeah it's like hey guys this doesn't matter but if we were to have beat portland for nothing like we definitely would have seen like uh (laughs) exactly like you said like more to come hey we're just getting started we're just getting warmed up wait We'll see at the home opener when we're going to destroy Houston or whatever. Yeah. So again, like it just goes back to like, that's the only real purpose to preseason is like to get people excited. And if you have to, I don't know. Never mind. No, 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 I I, I actually agree. But I think the uh, preseason, but yeah, the, uh, the patterns like Matt was mentioning is are really interesting to look for because when when you are playing a certain system that's very heavily focused on the individual talent of like one or two guys like specifically i think about this with aaron herrera like how heavily we lean on him as somebody who can be the team leader in assists or whatever and how heavily our our systems seem to focus on getting him in a position across the ball 
whether he's playing center back, right back, or like right winger back or whatever. Um, like when our system is so heavily dependent on someone like that, when that player is not there, it's like, what are we doing? Like, like who are we looking for? And that's something that I have had a concern about specifically. It's not just a Pablo thing. I felt that way under Freddie as well, where I was like, so Aaron gets hurt. Like, what are we doing? Because it seems to be our entire game plan is him crossing the ball <laughs> to Demir. And if we don't have those two guys, are we still able to score? And, it, and it, I mean, you can, it's obviously tough to be like, oh, if you don't have two of your best players, then like, what's your team? But it's like, are you creating a system that, there's some plug and play maybe like a, a, a bare minimum. And I would hope that, you know, it's possible, but I don't know that that's just something I think about sometimes when I'm watching games without those guys, it's like, okay, so in a, this is practice. Maybe we should practice without those guys and see what we can do without them. And I'm concerned about what we are doing, what yeah. we're, what we're not able to do without them. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That's just like what I had going through my mind the whole time without Aaron. And like, it's like, oh, yeah, well, we've got these guys coming. And it's like, I get that. But it's like, are we playing? Are we are we establishing a pattern of play that plays to our players strengths, but also allows us to be flexible that maybe if like we have a we we come up like if there's a, a scouting report and there there are teams that are just way better at shutting down Aaron Herrera and Demir Krylock, are we able to adjust our, our play in order to account for that? Like, I, I I mean, I one team know. that has done that every time we've played them over the last several years is Portland, right? It's like, yeah. Well, it, and that's so funny because, like, I was watching the game um, the other day, and I was around my family, and my dad, who who pays like very little attention to RSL, he was like, "Doesn't like Portland just like have our number?" And I was like, "We used to have theirs, like." Consistently, just consistently, like we were that team for them, and they are absolutely that team for us now. And it sucks because every time we come up against them, it's like they have us figured out in a way that like they know us better than we know us because we can't even adjust to like how they apparently know us. And I think that's that's just like a concern that I have that's that seemed to be apparent in that game. And it's like you said, it's really hard to read from that, like what it actually means. And so I'm trying not to be my my, my concerns are like the product my biggest concerns are the production that we need to replace from last year. And I'm not sure if we're playing in a way, if we're going to be playing in a way that's going to maximize what we have. I don't know if we, I don't know. I'm just very skeptical about, about a lot of things. I'm optimistic. And of course I'll, I'll uh, always be supporting this team regardless, but that's just my concern. But yeah. Anyway. Well, and it's, it's a lot more fun to, especially on a podcast, right. To think about it and not yeah. uh, just be, happy that the team exists yeah I, and i'm trying not to yeah exactly and like i'm all I'm, I'm i'm trying not to be like super reactionary on twitter during these games or on slack or whatever or try to like fester negativity i'm just like quietly holding my concerns to myself <laughs> yeah. maybe when the season starts i'll be louder but i'm just like trying to like be super chill about it for now and then we'll see what happens but I think we've seen that we we will probably have a slow start to the season, right? If there are play, yeah. like designated players we're hoping to bring in. Yeah. Like designated players are not ever a sure shot. They, it's certainly been easier in MLS to land a designated player who does make a difference. But yeah. So many teams still strike out. Yeah. And I'm, you know, it's not a sure thing. And uh, I'll, I'll right. be honest, I don't trust our scouting staff right now. 
I don't either. Right, but also that's sorry, Luke. that's why to go back real quick to the Quayar thing, like that's why that name and that rumor was so exciting. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's always better to hear about a DP signing that's a player that you've heard of before, that you yeah. know, that you can watch on TV. You know what I mean? If we get some guy that, you know, coming in from the Belgian league and he's our DP and and he's a striker and he played for Anderlecht or, you know, he played 10 Champions League games in his career. Like, and that's the only time we've seen him. Like, that's where it gets a little bit like yeah. kind of dicey and a little bit like, okay, well, I guess we'll see how this works out. But yeah. when you get somebody like Gustavo Cuellar or you get Lorenzo Insigne, like you're going to get a good player because you know they're a good player. Everybody knows they're a good player. You know, like it, yeah. that's established and it's known and mm-hmm. you're not trusting a scouting department to make the right signing when you just go get the best available player. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Like somebody who's making regular appearances for the Colombian national team is like, like that's, yeah, that's a pretty comfortable, range. good like, player, probably going to succeed in MLS. Like, yeah, yeah. we and know that reportedly somebody that, that Andy Williams had earmarked as a player to pick up five years ago. Right. Or probably longer. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Is there are conditions that made none of those things work <laughs> out, but yeah, I mean, watching Luis Diaz score for Liverpool in like a champions league game. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then he knowing that he was like going to be, yeah. Anyway, I, I'm honestly glad. I mean, for his sake, I'm glad he did not come here just because I, oh, yeah. I don't know if you can make that developmental uh, developmental jump as quickly as he did uh, well, without, in this system. So, yeah, without belaboring the point, we haven't really developed, truly like moved on a lot of players recently. So, right. Or, I mean, any time in the last decade, right? Yeah, which is, I mean, was one of our goals. So that hopefully, hopefully, yeah. yeah. Hopefully with Noah Beck at the helm of, I mean, oh, yeah, no. you, I mean, you guys say that we haven't <laughs> launched any on that, but Noah Beck just signed a major deal with MLS today to make some really fire TikToks. Kyle, so you're doing our whole season preview out of order. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't know you didn't see it. I thought yeah. it was funny to put in. I did not think. Oh, I thought it was on there for a sec. Yeah. Um, so sorry. No, um, I don't care. Yeah, anyway, uh, shout out to Noah Beck, Academy product. I mean, easily the most successful MLS or RSL Academy products. I, I think mean, that's probably MLS Academy product. That 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 too, actually. I yeah. mean, he's got like like 20 million followers on TikTok. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. I, I Wait, what was the position he got today with MLS? Like, it was like, oh, I was just looking at it. It was like MLS director of social programming or some no, garbage title. It was not that meaningful. No, it's like the, it's like so, for social playmaker. Here, I'll read that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. It's a yeah, completely like made up title, which is so oh, awesome. Of course it is. Let's see. It is. I mean, that is, that is a really fun. I mean, it's a good idea. Like they should absolutely be doing it because oh, TikTok yeah. is like where everything is at right now. So um rsl a uh, quick plug rsl started and is taking seriously a tiktok account dude, now where it's they're because putting, like, do you know what's cool going on stuff? there it's because there are like a massive contingent of tiktokers obsessed with justin glass really <laughs> yeah they, <laughs> they did the valentine's day one like single or taken or whatever and justin glad was like single single you heard and then all these comments were like yo who's the ginger and then i saw these all these things all these other posts like Oh, he's got tattoos. Like, what's his name? Like, a bunch of them were just asking for his name because it wasn't entirely clear who any of these guys were. Because it doesn't, unless you know the team, you don't know who any of them are. 
David yeah. Ochoa said he was married to the game, which was, I mean, a very David Ochoa answer yeah. to that question. But yeah, yeah they, I mean, that's got like 3 million views on TikTok and mainly because I'm pretty sure there's just a bunch of... Justin uh, Gladhive. Very, huh. yeah, Justin Gladhive. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so the, the Justin Gladiators are out in full force. <laughs> that's good. That's really good. Um, okay, so here's what uh, Noah Beck will be doing. Um, he will... So let's see. He'll create original programming with MLS on TikTok, placing a spotlight on the players and clubs from around the league and reaching millions of fans across the world. I'm I really hope this doesn't like completely derail his TikTok following. Um, but I think it's <laughs> very funny. Okay, here's the thing. It like it is sports and like I, I don't I don't think it will actually I, I don't really know I that that is a good question like is he is his feed just going to turn into like MLS stuff which if it is I think it could a little bit but I'm pretty sure the contract he signed is going to make up for that because I'm sure they're paying him a ton of money oh, with yeah. how many followers he has but <clears throat> I don't know there are like a lot of like hot MLS guys that I think are like it's going to work out just fine I'm sure are they going to is he going to like post stuff on his feed and like MLS is going to direct people to question. that? Or both. is he just helping create content for the MLS TikTok? I, mean, I don't know. Is he like particularly creative? I think he's just like a hot guy, right? Yeah, I think I, so. I feel like he that's dances. all I don't know yeah. anything about TikTok, but I feel like that's all TikTok is. It's hot guys so, and girls. Doing it's hot weird guy stuff. because there are like a lot of people who have like a lot of talent on there. Like there's this like random kid who I, is in one of the most like undeveloped looking places i've seen on earth and he has like millions millions of followers because of him just playing soccer like kicking a ball on from like he he plays just on this like dirt field and i keep seeing his tiktoks and um so there's like stuff like that like it, it it does focus very heavily on uh on talent and also um hold on this this does actually tie into tie into this just because i wanted to make sure i got his title right Maybe he doesn't have it. Anyway, uh, Maxi Rodriguez, football intellect on Twitter, works for Tech Talk. I don't, I don't oh, know if he, he? Like, talks about that. Yeah, he's Con- been there for a few years. Yeah, but he does a bunch of cool stuff for them. So, uh, like, they they do, like, a lot of, like, cool stuff and, like, focus on, like, uh, like actual talent. But a lot of it is just, like, hot people doing dances. Like, that's absolutely true. Amazing. But it is interesting that, like, when those two things fused together which is exactly what i believe this is where it's like hot guy doing dances but also sports so breaking down i mean he's gonna be the next matt doyle if he keeps this up yeah <laughs> which i to be clear i love matt doyle and uh, he's be- <laughs> I can tell best you RSL who, analyst that, that is uh, i wanted to mention um well i guess we can talk about it in the season predictions but I, yeah I'll, uh just remind me about Matt Doyle in particular, but anyway. Okay. Uh, so one last thing about Noah Beck. Uh, he will also dedicate his time to working with MLS Next, where he will help mentor and inspire the next generation oh, of no. soccer stars. Okay. Which I, I don't know well, if I get. Let's, <laughs> let's pump the pump the brakes a little bit on yeah. that part. I mean, uh, good what for him for inspire going them to viral, do? But, I mean... Uh, hey guys, you know what you could be doing is making a lot more money if you're doing literally anything else. <laughs> just yeah. make videos yeah yeah i i'm just imagining like if jack blake still play isn't jack blake like 27 or something, something like that young ish yeah i'm just imagining being like jack blake playing for real monarchs and having to have noah beck come inspire you <laughs> <laughs> to do something no 
I mean, shout out to Noah for his whole thing, making yeah. a career out of being uh, doing his thing. But it's like, I don't know if these grown men are looking to this guy to come in and give them inspiration on a career. Maybe he's a great speaker. I mean, that'd be. Hey, he's got charisma. I mean, you gotta have yeah. that. You gotta have charisma with with what he's got going on. Maybe so he could do I'm, sure he's, I'm sure he's confident. That's what I'm yeah. saying, man. He's got to be charming at some degree, but he, anyway, he could no. be the latest confident man. <laughs> Jeez. Which anyway. I mean, maybe, maybe what TikTok is. Um, so let's get to predictions. I think this is where sure. it gets really interesting. Um, but Can we? Let's pause. Can pause. we? Pause. Um, one, one, because I need to take a very short break. And two, because <laughs> Justin Miriam responded to MLS season predictions. That's and what I feel I was like gonna... it'd be good context for us. And I haven't listened, so. Okay. Okay. Let's listen to that. I'm going to pause and we'll uh, we'll be right back. Okay. Okay. Welcome back. Trevor, you Welcome have back. something to say. <laughs> Thank El- you. Elegantly yeah. done. Yeah. No, there's just uh we were talking about preseason. Um one thing that didn't get mentioned by us really um is the lack of preseason streams. There's a lot of games that were played in Arizona which are normally streamed that weren't streamed at all this year. Um and then the game, the only games we were able to see were the games in Portland. They were able to be streamed. Um, and there's a lot of teams that usually stream their preseasons that weren't able to, or if they are able to, they're only like, they're all geofenced. Like everything was geofenced this year. Um, and I see Matt shaking his head. That was generally the response that everybody had was, why are we doing that? Well, I talked to the club about um, if they could give us any insight. And there's a little bit of good information. Um that we wanted to talk about um basically this year uh and I, I might get some of these details wrong so forgive me if i get specific things wrong but this year i think is the last year of the current like league tv deal and so the league is like looking at new deals and as part of those new deals they were talking about combining them with um like making preseason games part of the the league tv package which would mean that they need to, they can't just be like a camera set up on a lift. Like we've seen in years past, you yeah. know what I mean? They have to have like minimum broadcast standards. And that's why a lot of the teams weren't allowed to stream preseason games this year was because the league wanted them to have uh, certain minimums. They had to have uh, <laughs> like at least four cameras. Cameras had to be specific angles. They had to be a specific quality and they had to be able to be, uh, streamed at specific bandwidths, you know, that whole kind of stuff. They had a whole bunch of requirements and most of the fields that we played on or that they have down in Arizona just don't meet that requirement. And I think they only have one that does. And I don't think RSL played on it ever. So they couldn't, they wanted to, but the, the league wouldn't let them. Um, same thing with the UVU game, obviously, and but Portland obviously is set up to do it. So that's why they were able to broadcast <clears throat> yeah. them. Um, so that was, that was a big part of it was just, it's, it's from the league and the league has their reasons. It's because they want to be able to loop them in as part of the deal. So when they sell sponsorships, they would be selling sponsorships like four preseason games as well to get, just try to drive additional revenue. Um, let me see what else was there. That's interesting. Um, they were talking about, uh, Local TV options, uh, local TV packages uh, will be affected by the new MLS deal, more than likely, um, which would negatively impact RSL considerably. 
Um, it's not really a secret. I don't think the RSL has one of the best local TV deals. We've been on free to air over the air TV uh, for the last 10 years. Um, we're the only team to have been doing that. And I think we're currently the only team that has a local TV channel deal, a local streaming option and on local radio. Yeah. Like the only team in the league worldwide and the new deal would affect all that greatly. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the other thing that we mentioned? There's a big one. So you're talking about is bad, but you're talking about the viewership for like the, um, yeah. So, um, the viewership it's, it's, it would affect RSL greatly because like I said, RSL gets about a hundred thousand people watching every game through one medium or another. Um, whether it's through TV or through streaming or through the radio, it's about a hundred thousand. And that's the biggest in the league or one of the biggest in the league. Um, most teams do not have good local TV deals. A lot of teams are losing money. RSL is one of four teams that makes money with their local TV deals. Um, and just a fun stat I wanted to mention that was brought up, uh, our streaming, a lot of people complain about it, but because it's so accessible and it's not a great platform, but other teams have tried like a local streaming option, um, like LAFC with their YouTube TV deal. Um, it, they're just wildly unsuccessful. Um, like I said, RSL gets like a hundred thousand per game, give or take through all mediums. And with LAFCs, they didn't get more than 20,000 people watching their games throughout the entire season. All their games combined, they didn't get 20,000 people watching it through their local streaming stuff. <clears throat> so the whole preseason streaming thing is all tied into that. The league is considering doing something like a, a combined, basically taking local control of local deals away from the teams and making it like a league-wide um, local access thing. Um, and as part of that, they need to just have more control over preseason matches. And that that's all tied into why they weren't streamed. So hope that answers that question. Um, yeah. Marcel obviously is not very happy about all this. Yeah. Of, there's a lot of teams that aren't, but there's a lot of teams that need it that need <laughs> yeah. it very badly so that's going to be the uh, one big thing to look forward to with the tv say, negotiation thing i will say i i miss the old espn days when all of the season's games were available to rewatch. yeah and uh that was, uh, whatever the future looks like has a good nice. replay option same yeah so. that was that was excellent yeah um yeah other other news from the club uh the La Fagata taco truck is going to be in the supporters lot before yes. games, which Very I mean, exciting. it's, it's pretty close. It's just been down the street anyway, but now it's even more accessible. So you can park at the stadium and then get there. If anything, easily, which is great. If anything, this makes it harder for me personally, because there's gonna be more people going there. Oh, but that makes true. me happy because they're very nice people. And I, we're just going to uh, have to go early. I, we're already well, no. always so early, so we'll be yeah. fine. Yeah. Go three anyway. hours early get in line before they even set up. Yeah. Very excited for that. Yeah. Um, I mean, even, even previously they only had like two taco stands kind stands is a strong word, but yeah, they were stands. At, at, yeah. There two taco stands in the tailgate lot. And for years it was one and they kept up with everybody and it was great. Yeah, so I wouldn't expect so it to be a problem, but yeah. No, yeah. They, they were quickly for sure. But yeah, that the La Fagata folks are good stuff. Very good tacos. Yeah. Um, Okay, so we were about to go into the the, the Justin Miram thing. So, like, 
this like when, as we get into preseason predictions, like the hot thing is uh, MLS staff re- release their preseason predictions every year. The big thing last year was that we. I don't know what they pr- they predicted us at. De- dead last around the board because we didn't okay. have an owner. And I think that was probably fair. Yeah. So we, we, we were predicted very low and we made the playoffs, um, which was great. And we had uh, very good stretches of the season. And yeah, uh, that, that, that was good. So we made, uh, made sure that we posted that. I, I'm saying we as the club. I don't know why I'm saying that. The, the people at the club and people, fans, et cetera, uh, made sure that they you know, pulled out the receipts for that and made sure that, uh, the riders knew that we all kept track of like, we're, you know, you, you were sowing and we're reaping now or whatever. Uh, so those came out again, um, and were picked pretty low, which I don't know. seems fair. Okay. Okay. It's predictable one. And it also seems like decently fair since we lost, we appear to have lost 40% of our goal production um, through Anderson Julio and Albert Rusnak and haven't clearly defined where the that is going to be made up from. And we barely made the playoffs. Well, and Demir Krylik's going to drop deeper and be relied on for creation more than Play production. Making? And uh, yeah, there's which then well, also cuts into our goal scoring. Yeah, like there's I, we've got some concerns. So the thing is, is MLS is just I mean, it. It, it does not matter in the slightest. And I think there's, it's absolutely like a, there's like no, there's no incentive to react strongly to those because like, I mean, maybe it fires the team up, I guess, but also it's like, and the whole point is to like screenshot it now and make sure that you prove them wrong or whatever. If it's like, you might not though. <laughs> and if you make a meal <laughs> out of it, like you can screenshot it now that I think you should do that. And in the case that you do prove them wrong, like sure. But it's also like, if you're not only screenshotting and make a big deal of it, like, and you're like saying a bunch of stuff right now, it's like, maybe they'll come back at us <laughs> at the end of the yeah. season. Like but also like, <sighs> There's yeah, no upside to reacting strongly to those. Like, there's just no, not. And, and, like, the predictions are based off of, like, they're inherently flawed for a number of reasons. They can't watch any of the teams for the most All part. Of the teams, right? They, yeah. they can't watch most teams. And a lot of teams have a lot of turnover and a lot yeah. of things happen in the offseason. And, like, even again, we've talked about the windows open till May and then there's a summer window. So, yeah. like, obviously, <laughs> there's a million things that could happen. And so, if, you know, we finish fourth or fifth or whatever in the West and we get to look back and be like, we did it. We're way better than you. Like they're working with like 20% of the information <laughs> that we'll have at the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Like good for you. You beat the guys <laughs> that don't know anything because there's nothing to know right now. Like, yeah, it's, that's why it's just like, a, it's based, it's predictions based on the information that anyone has right now. And it's like, they have the same questions that we've brought up. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. Based on that information, like you said, it's kind of fair. Like we it, haven't done we, anything to show that we should be better than 10th or 11th in the West. Right. And that's kind of, of other teams have justification for that, of course. And so, uh, that's one thing, but so somebody just asked Justin Miram that question of like, do you guys pay attention to that? Does it fire you up? And in all in the same answer, Justin Miram said, I don't care. And then the next sentence says, I'm fired up about it, which is yeah. pretty funny. He, he started <laughs> to be honest. I'm fired up. What you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking I about. Care. I don't care, but I'm fired up about it is like, is an awesome. And who are these experts? Yeah. And, but that's okay. 
<laughs> and and I'm saying this as someone who's absolutely not an expert and we just do this for for fun and it's like no, we just, are fans. Yeah, cuz we're fans and we care about the team. I like we don't proclaim to be experts or anything. But like the whole so part of Justin Miram's answer is like, you know, how can somebody be an expert if they if they don't play the the game at like a professional level, which is always like a funny that's just always like that that is not in any in any case like a valid criticism of someone being like an being an analyst or like an expert on on knowing something if they competed at the highest levels like it's like the same people who think that playing auto- automatically makes them a good coach or vice versa like somebody who didn't play can't be a good coach like that's not how this works like it's clearly like we've got mountains and mountains of evidence that some of the best analysts of whatever sport you're looking at yeah generally aren't good at the game or haven't played the game and some of the best coaches were terrible players or didn't yeah, play jose Mourinho did not Famously. have a career Arsene Wenger <laughs> Yeah. Not a great career. Famously. Yeah. And like, of course, there are, there are some that like that did, but it, it almost feels like a different variation of like the shut up and dribble like argument because it's like you're saying like because you're a basketball player and you're not like a, a, a professional politician, then you don't get to speak out about like something that like political politically related. But and because yeah. you don't compete at the highest levels of like soccer. I mean, I could tell Jess Miram that he doesn't know anything about soccer because he's never played in UEFA Champions League. Like, I, I mean, I'm not going to say that to him, but like, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But I'm just like that whole, like, you can't know about something until like, I can't know food tastes bad because I'm not a good cook myself or like a chef myself. Like, you know, come on. Yeah. I don't like yeah. that. So I, and like, I, I actually saw that clip because Alex Maurer, which I just lost uh, his tweet about it. I think uh, I've got it up. Didn't, Do you want me to read it? Didn't Tom Hackett? Do it or did he? No, he, he, he quoted it. He said, uh, okay. I, pre- they sh- I appreciate the candor and honesty from Miriam, but to insinuate you can't understand, write, or make predictions on soccer if you haven't played the game as professionally is silly. It is, it, is it a different level of understanding? Maybe, but many pundits are certainly experts, IMO. So, yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> like, people can be very, very, very smart about like sports having not played professionally. I don't think that's, that's well, not an insane thing to say. And I, I, it's so, it's so silly when that argument is always brought up. There, there's a certain humor in it because Justin Miram almost directly is a, has benefited from attention paid by so-called experts to the league, right? Yeah. As the league has grown over the last decade with Justin Miram playing in it the whole time, like in that decade, uh, his salary has, uh, or salary potential at least has gone up considerably. Yeah. Uh, and part of that is because deals are getting bigger and people are paying attention and you need people talking about it to get people to pay attention. And if nobody's talking about it because nobody's an expert, nobody's going to watch because uh, that's just not how it works. It, it's a self-defeating attitude and idea. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and well, it's I mean, funny, like I was listening to a podcast, one of the MLS produced <laughs> ones last year extra time uh, i wasn't extra time i'll uh, remember it later i'm sure um has a susanna collins and somebody else on it i know the one you're talking about i don't know the name of it is it mls daily or something like that something like that um <laughs> anyway so dad justin miramon talking about how like they predicted that rsl would do well and like he was so grateful to them for <laughs> Like, <laughs> that they do well and like he's one clearly paying attention to these things yeah and like two clearly cares what people say um 
Well, but and, and I don't but think there's anything wrong with caring like what people yeah. say either. It's no, like you, you can you can know. pay you can pay attention. It's it's just like that type of argument is silly because then it's it's just so easily flipped on its head. And if you compliment somebody for their analysis, it's like, well, they didn't. But it, because they they were critical of you, then they don't know anything. But if they're complimentary, then they do. It, the, that, that's just like a funny road to go down. But and yeah. it all stems from this idea that 2021 was like a raging success for Rail Salt Lake. And we were literally it like wasn't. one blown call away from not making the playoffs. Like monumental collapse at the, at the end of the season. Yeah, we should not have made the playoffs. If that game had been refereed properly, like we would not have made the playoffs, right? Like there's no questioning that. It's well, I mean, okay, so there's there's questioning, but not I'm like sure. serious. <laughs> but it's like a two minute window. Like yeah, counterfactuals are tricky because like you can't predict the events that happen as a result of something else changing. Right. But in that right. two minute window to go down a goal, if we'd gone down a goal there, no, like, like, of course, like it, it's extremely unlikely. And, but yeah, yeah it's, I'm just not a successful season. For a second. <laughs> no, it's, it, that's the thing. Like we were going back to it at the end of the season. Like we were that call and a miracle goal from nowhere away from just having one of the worst seasons, like on record, a missed bicycle team. kick. Like, worst collapses, yeah. I think. I like it. Like we would have been, we've finished lower, but like to go from how strong of a position we were to like just straight up blowing all those games, like at home or whatever, into that. Like we're looking at a very different situation with Pablo Mastroeni, likely, and like our attitude just in general. I can't. I'm just, like the the alternate universe where that call is made and we don't score. I'm just like trying to picture all of the things we've heard since then. I I would have it would have been heartbreaking because we would have uh, in this other universe we don't get this amazing Portland trip that we had together. But at the same time, it's like that like that was so close to being the reality that it's like. <laughs> and that's that's part of the reason why that Portland trip and the whole playoff run was the way it was was because we all said we didn't deserve to be there. We, yeah. we didn't earn it. Like it was gifted to us, the whole thing, like yeah. all of it. Yeah. And that's, yeah, so, it was a special, it was like a successful postseason run. It was not a successful uh, season, I yeah. think. But, but at the same time, like. It's it's kind of a paradox though, because how do you get to the postseason without, anyway, but yeah. Yeah. I, I don't really have a problem with Justin Miram, what he said, just because like he doesn't know. And he said at the beginning, he was like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's just reacting to a reporter apparently saying, hey, everybody thinks you're going to suck this year. What do you think about that? And so, like, it, it, it makes sense that he would get a little bit fired up about that kind of thing. And I like to see players <clears throat> fired up. And press yeah. conferences are fun for that reason and that reason only. It's for more sure. fun when players and coaches are fired up about stuff. It's so, yeah, I don't know. I you're right that Justin Miram has like flawed reasoning, but no, I, yeah, I, I don't care about players getting like mad that. about it. Like I, I, the reasoning is always just funny to me. Cause yeah, I, yeah. I like no athlete would want that turned upon themselves for like rightfully being able to speak out about things. Like I, I'm sure like that type of justification was used. Like I'm sure Deloy Hansen felt that way about Neta Manoa or any of the other like RSL players speaking out about things. Like I'm sure he held that opinion. It's like, Oh, you guys are all just like, you know, rich soccer players living in America. Like you don't know what like oppression is like, cause you aren't currently experiencing it. It's like, like that type of thing where it's like, I don't know. I, I, I just don't like that type of mindset at all, where somebody can't have an opinion about something because they're not this expert or whatever, whatever that actually or an means. Expert, like from a certain very specific perspective. Yeah. 
anyway, so I just think that's funny. I, I like Justin Miram a lot, but, uh, technically that, he was calling out his coworkers there. So there's a certain that's there. Right. I was gonna say, appreciate that. Like being like, told that you're probably going to be a terrible team this year fires them up. I know. It's like when you're, cause I mean, your GM, is Elliot, your GM is Elliot fall also. And I'm not sure Elliot's been at the, the highest levels of professional soccer. So <laughs> I like, I mean, let's like, like that can yeah. kind of, like, people are going to be catching strays through that type of uh, commentary from yeah. Justin, Miram, in my For opinion. Sure. And of course, I 100% don't mean myself because I, of course, did play at the highest levels. <laughs> All and, of us did. Yeah, yeah, we're we're definitely qualified to be experts. I have played Sunday indoor before, and, and we are experts, which is why this podcast is like 45 minutes of us talking about TV. So, because <laughs> I watch a lot. Of I think it. it was only like 25 minutes today. Yeah, and yeah, I we, think it we was. Cut, we cut. We came in it was under like 20 half minutes hour. of me and like two minutes a piece of you guys. So I mean, it thank was you. Okay. As yeah. you, I just always, I feel like I just always have stupid stuff going on with me. I mean, that was wild. I can't believe that happened to me, honestly. But okay. anyway, so so with all that in mind, um, where do you think Real Salt Lake is going to finish in twenty twenty two? About eleventh or twelfth in the West. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think I think that's fair. Like, if nothing else changes from right now, if we don't make like big signings or something, and of course, I'm always concerned about like being told about summer or whatever, because when the summer signings come in or the guys start in the summer, then it's like, well, they didn't get the full preseason and they're coming off like a year, like they haven't had a break. And then we have to wait to the next year. And it's like, like that justification has, we've heard that many times, but like, yeah, it's a league wide myth that like summer signings make a difference because (laughs) like how many times any team in the league made a summer signing and like turned their season around because of it. How many times have a team, Seattle 2018. I mean, we can point at one instance where it made a big difference, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's been a couple of times where a team has like made a summer signing and it's made a big like turnaround in the season. Usually what happens is bad teams sign players in the summer and they might get marginally better or like, like they end up being good signings for the next season uh, or good teams make a good signing in the summer and they get way better. Like, yeah. From our position, and especially with RSL's history of summer signings, I think Demir is the only one in recent, in the last four or five years, that's been a summer signing. I think that's he came like, in in January. Did he? Yeah. I thought we went through this and we decided that Demir was a summer signing. Oh, no, February. Signing no, February. he was not. I don't, he, we haven't had a... Who's our summer signings? Joni Menendez. Joni Menendez. Bobby Wood ended up as, as a summer signing. <laughs> uh, yeah. That wasn't the intention, but yeah. life finds yeah. a way life does find a way we haven't had like this organization as it currently stands has not made very many or any good summer signings so that's right so putting all the eggs in that basket like don't worry guys we'll figure it out in the summer like you haven't ever so why should i believe you yeah and and i've seen that a couple times as well like people are i think share my the concerns that we've raised today about like the current state of affairs and are being told, okay, like we got I, I, like Demir didn't play in, in preseason, et cetera. Like we got these guys that are like coming back to like being healthy. Like Bobby Wood is is healthy, et cetera. And we've got these summer, we, we, we've got these uh, extended window now. And then the summer, summer window um, that's being kind of used to like temper uh, current concerns, I guess, which as you're saying, Trevor, like, I don't know if that really does. But so my, my prediction, I think, I think one of us needs to be super optimistic. So, Matt, what are you going to do? 
<laughs> I was oh so uh, Trevor, you said eleventh. Kyle, yeah. what do you say? I'm, uh, I need to know what my baseline is. Okay, I, I honestly, okay, I think we're going to squeak into the playoffs again somehow. And I honestly, okay, I do, I don't actually think that, but I think we're going to get that. I want to get that on record that I Playoffs I is uh, that. eighth, right? Seventh. Seventh. Seventh? Okay. Yeah. Which so, is what we were last year, so. Yeah, so seventh, I think, I, I is, I'm, okay, I, I need a sound bite. RSL is going to finish seventh this year. Okay, cut. Okay, I really think that RSL is probably going to be like nine or ten at the highest. Um, but I, I would like I would love to be proven wrong. It's not a it's not a thing. I, I just based on like what we currently have, I'm assuming like forty percent less production. I, I I just it really depends on like Cordova, which kind of sucks, and it also depends on Menendez. Like I don't know if he like what if he just has like a big year. I think that's possible, but I don't know if it's likely. But who knows, man? We didn't see anything in preseason to suggest he would. But yeah, again, nope. preseason Unless he's is not planning on like, uh, um, it depends on if his goal is to kick a ball into the Multnomah Health Facility or whatever, <laughs> because that one might have gotten up there. Yeah, well, and and we're clearly going to play that three five two again. Uh, yeah, and if Yay. he plays, like, uh, he'll be on the wing, or maybe a second striker, or maybe in the midfield, and. None of them are really positions that that suit him entirely. Yeah, um, it's it's very puzzling. I, that's that's what I'm really having trouble with is like, I don't know if he fits in at this. I also I don't know where where does Cordova like what is Cordova playing? Is he playing the wing for this team? So I mean, that's I know my understanding is left wing in a four, two, three, one. Um, what does that mean in a I mean, I guess at striker and he's played at striker for Augsburg. It's got to be striker in a, in a five in a yeah. in a three five two right yeah three five be, be, well I don't know man because like we don't have a left back on this roster other than Tate Schmidt which interestingly had like a decent preseason but I mean kind of feels like he's in Justin Portillo at RSL territory like where he's just going to be on the roster for a long time and we never see him so yeah I I don't, I don't know, know who, who's like playing that left the, side. Um, who did we, geez, who'd we have Donny Toya? I feel like he's the Donny Toya this season. We'll see him occasionally, but not often. Well, Donny Toya started the season, uh, playing like every game, didn't he? And then yeah. got benched for Andrew Brody slash Aaron Herrera. <laughs> right. I guess what I'm saying is I think Brody's the number one, like left back choice, but I think Brody's not good enough at a left back to like lock down that position. And I think we'll probably see Tate Schmidt give it a shot every couple I, of games, maybe guess, and see what yeah. happens. Well, and we don't even know if Andrew Brody will be fit coming into the season. So, oh. yeah, because we haven't seen him. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. We can't trust this team with injury reports. We haven't been able to for the last three seasons. It's uh, lo- longer than that. Because MLS yeah. changed the rules around what had to be reported. Yeah, yeah, it it, it is interesting. Um, yeah, in, in injury reports and also just like how long people are going to be out for injuries. It's, it's feel like every player is like lebron james meaning that like it could be shorter could be longer no one actually knows other than lebron but anyway well if only our players were as good at soccer as lebron james is at also yeah also uh anyone anyone uh getting their hopes up for a really awesome rebrand of rsl just look at the leaked new jazz jerseys those are awful those are something else i saw some right before we started recording nick retweeted it that they seemed are. less bad. Uh, uh, I don't know about that. 
Well, they they were less bad than the pure black one. Here, let me uh, let's see. Twitter, I share. Oh, you just post it because I'm not going to yeah, find I, it. Okay, that posted. I don't know. I'm not. Nick's a, on Nick's on board for all of these. I think only one of those looks good. The 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 highlighter yellow thing that Ryan Smith is doing. He wants he wants the Jazz's primary colors to be white, black, and highlighter yellow. Or it's like, yeah, it's like highlighter yellow. I mean, like if you go I to the, it can look like Dortmund. Yeah. Honestly, there's something there, except Dortmund like has nice, like they have those like very striking colors, but they always mm-hmm. have like insane jerseys too. Like it's like, it, it looks like space or something. Oh, yeah. I've got like, like a few also, Dortmund jerseys that all that look pretty crazy. I don't like the also, plain, like what, what are we doing here? Dortmund has been like established. Like this is the problem with rebrands is everybody wants to like rebrand into something that looks classic and like storied and you know and like you can't do that Dortmund looks the way they do and people like Dortmund the way it is because Dortmund has been doing that for a hundred years yeah they've been there they've they've had the yellow wall forever they're they're the they are the black and yellow team they're the black and yellow team and if the Jazz want to change their look or if RSL wants to change their colors or whoever wants to change it like Like, you've lost your history Are, are we really picking something that is that is timeless and i I would argue we are not. I don't think you pick Honestly, things that are RSL timeless, is, you it, make things that are timeless. It, it, exactly. And I think RSL has made like I think RSL's color combinations, etc., I think is timeless. I honestly think that I don't I don't love the soccer ball in our crest, but we legitimately have like one of the better crests in the league. Yeah. And I think if we took the soccer ball out and maybe put something in there like more like Utah focused, I think a lily. Sega lily or like a little flower. Oh, it yeah. honestly that's, does that's what I, was like gonna say. I, I view it as a flower i know people call it a soccer ball or it is officially whatever yeah. that's flower to me my that's uh, cool i, I like that. niece saw it and i said oh like she's like why do you have a flower on your shirt and i'm like oh it's a soccer ball and she's like no that's a flower yeah, yeah so she knows what's up. I, honestly i like that From but like if days. if that is like more yeah anyway i think we have great i love the the colors i'm like on oh we got a new jersey we didn't mention that um but yeah, oh, yeah. So, we did. <laughs> so that, that's something. Years. And like Tyler posted s- some stuff about like how he's like really happy with like direction and like where the brand is and et cetera. And I, and I agree. I think it's, I think uh, really establishing yourself as like, well, like when I look at teams, like what NYFC, NYCFC did with their New Jersey, I'm just like, what are we doing here? Like I get like well, making something out of the box, but there's also just like making something that's hideous. And that's kind of that in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. But that's again, like I feel like, that's why third jerseys were made. I think so to have too. stuff like the New York. Is that is is that their third jersey? No, Do they have a third jersey? Nobody has third jerseys. I, I don't thought. think their deal allows for third jerseys. Yeah, definitely. With your third jersey, go crazy. Like I love, uh, I love that type of stuff. Or but if like, you're gonna have like an away jersey, like away jerseys, cool. Have fun. Do sure. whatever you want. But like your home shirt should be pretty iconic, and yeah. it should be pretty timeless. And the Jazz have suffered from the last several. For many different rebrands, yeah. Of changing it every two or three years, which is kind of its own like timeless tradition in its own stupid way. But yeah, these are bad. But like when people really like think about the jazz, I, I th- there, there are two different color schemes when they really think about the jazz. And it's like the mountain, like purple, teal, and then like the original like purple and green and yellow. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's, yeah, I, I, I don't know. That? I just, I Ryan Smith's whole view of branding in general is kind of funny to me, but yeah. anyway. So yeah. I hope he doesn't mess with anything too crazy with RSL. <laughs> well, he's I got don't. a got a a partner who may 
be a little more of a traditional, at least with soccer. I don't know. Um, I guess we'll see. Speaking of the Jazz, an interesting thing keeps coming to mind for me. And that's after the Jazz were dumped out of the playoffs last year, like there was a very self-critical inward look from like top players at at the team, Mm -hmm. from coaching staff and say what you will about their construction and roster construction and all that. Um, I am no basketball expert by any means. You didn't play professionally. I mean, I I did. Um, I was the shortest ever. No, I I never did. Clearly, that'd be amazing. Um, I think Muggsy Bogues was shorter than me, but not much. Oh, interesting. No, he was. He was, but probably about your height. Oh no, wait, no, yeah, you're kind of short. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so for some reason, I had you pegged to like five ten. Wow. I, nope. I guess I put I'm, off tall that's energy. Just, yeah, that's right. I'm that's five, the... five six over here. Um. Anyway, so like seeing that that self critical like this is a failure because we didn't like we didn't make Mm -hmm. the finals or we didn't yeah we didn't win when we should have Mm -hmm. um it's just so interesting seeing the contrast with rsl yeah and uh, i wonder how that shifts yeah where the attitude is like we had a great season last year how dare the like we're gonna prove them wrong again by having another great season yeah um even though like it was a failure and we need to improve yeah and you look at the top teams in the league, you look at Seattle and they, they went out and like retained their roster minus like one or two pieces that they could easily afford to lose. <laughs> and added Albert Roos. And added card. like an 11-11 player. <laughs> yeah. Like that's, that's the mark of a good team. Um, yeah. And obviously it's going to take time for us to get there if we're going to get there. But that needs to be the mindset. Exactly. Like, absolutely. Yeah. If you're going to get there, then you have to believe that you should be there and you can't, you can't be in this, like, it's a success. If we literally like, we don't need to rehash yeah. it, but get in the playoffs in the way we did. And then, you know, beat Seattle in the fashion we did. I mean, like we won games and that, and like that was important. Um, but at least yeah. won the tiebreaker against Seattle. So that, that, yeah, that's right. Um, Oh, that game. Yeah. And we tied Seattle, but yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Couldn't agree more. Like, I really hope that attitude is pervasive, uh, through these organizations and we're not back in the, like, uh, it's fine if we just make the playoffs and if we're profitable, like with TV deals or with sponsorships, because I think we're likely to see some pretty big sponsorships from like Silicon Valley companies finally being like let in and like considered. Yeah. And I know that's something that's important to Ryan Smith is, is partnering with like local businesses who like, cause uh, he's doing that with the jazz a bunch, which is, which is good. And I love, and I love to see that. And it seems to be companies that are like actually like doing, you know, mostly good things rather than just like, uh, like whatever a lot of the real estate and real yeah, estate just, or just like mlm stuff it's just like atlas disposal yeah it's just it's just kind of weird but it, uh yeah so hopefully the attitude definitely uh seeps through because I, i'm i'm really tired uh i mean we've been i mean when's the last like this was the first time like that was the closest we've got to anything but like you know team house money like I, that's legitimately how i felt yeah but like when's the last time we felt like we were like a favorite to win something and like the jazz last year were like the best like had the best regular season record i don't know if people would have considered them the favorite after that but it's like that was like an accomplishment they and won the nba supporter shield that's right um and we failed because we didn't get out of the second round again and it's like that's that's the bar is is like western conference final or bust or finals or bust or whatever and that just needs to be the mindset here for sure but. yeah yeah, and instead we we 
were gutless against Portland and that's somehow okay. That game was so bad. That, that yeah. like, I, it really, it, that was such a disappointing note to go out on, like the way we played in that game. And it was very frustrating. So yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very happy to, I'll be patient. And I was patient with, I've been patient with the jazz for sure. Like the reason why I get so mad at the jazz now is because I've been so patient and we've seen like, you know, like the, the rebuild from like the ground up with like when Quinn Snyder took over, but it's like, I don't feel like, I don't know. I've got a lot of feelings about like the comparisons of the two and how, what, what comparisons you can really make. But I think that that type of attitude, that winning attitude needs to be like the expectation, like no more, it's okay if we just skate on by and like, as long as we beat the MLS staff writers predictions by like three (laughs) points, then it's like, it's good. (laughs) Or at least like a recognition of like where the team is in the process. And then like, you know, like you talk about like championship windows that teams have yeah, or like rebuilding windows. Mm. Like I would appreciate it if the team like recognized where they actually are. Cause they, they don't yeah, at the beginning or the middle of what is very clearly like a rebuild window. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. Teams are in rebuild windows. Teams teams do that. They hire new coaches. They try new things. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, it's fine to recognize and appreciate that and look at new signings and, and get excited about new signings or you know stuff like that. But it's kind of ridiculous to be clearly where you are and have somebody point out, yeah, you're right there and then get upset or offended by it. Like you yeah. just got a brand new owner. Mm. You haven't made any signings of any real significance. You've, you've, you've flipped a couple coins and we're going to see if they're yeah. going to land heads or tails. And that's pretty much where you're at. And then to get upset at that is like a little silly. Yeah. Like I saw, I saw somebody like being, uh, voicing some concern about like feeling like we're kind of wasting Demar's like, uh, Demir, excuse me. I was thinking of Demar Phillips. (laughs) Yeah. I I was, I saw my message about like Demar. Anyway, sorry about Demir's like, like, I don't know if we want to, these feel like his golden years, like right now. And it's like, I wish we had a better team around him right now. And like, I wish we had the last like couple years as well, because I mean, it's, it, it's not a waste per se. Cause I feel like, I mean, and certainly Demir would never view it like that. And, but it's just like, I want to maximal maximize like what we can. And it, you know, it feels like there's not, there hasn't been a lot of pressure to do that. And I understand the limitations we've had with no owner and ex- all that, but I hope that there's now this like, sudden rush i hope there's that rush and pressure to do that because we have really good players in a really good time of their careers right now so we should be trying to take advantage of that while we can instead of having to rebuild again in like four years from now or whatever and it's like i want to know that that pressure is there and i'm not sure that it is (laughs) because i don't see any evidence of it yet and maybe it will be maybe i'll be like Maybe that will be something that becomes evident uh, through the first few months of the of this season, and we're like, "Oh, okay, this is like real." But until that happens, I kind of just am seeing the same, like, you know, talking points over and over about like <laughs> about what it is we've got, yeah. and I don't know, like m- maybe maybe Pablo's going to be. I th- again, I'm a f- like primarily the three of us are fans of this club, and that's why we're doing this. So like, there's nothing we want more than to like win again, yeah, at a very high level and like be really good. And I just want whatever is going to make that happen, and I want there to be the pressure for that to happen. So I think yeah. you just need a 
hashtag believe a little bit more, Kyle. I'm working on it. Uh, all right. Should we uh, let's let's talk Houston Dynamo unless you want to record another podcast right after this. Oh, so we can release like on one. Yeah, well, let, let's way. breeze through. OK, Houston yeah, Dynamo. Well, there's not a lot we know at this point. Right. One thing on. we do know is that Where? Aaron Herrera will be absent from this game uh, owing to his red card he picked up in the playoff game against Portland. So awesome. Uh, you know, we will have to wait another week to see him. Hopefully it's just another week. Yeah. Again, we didn't see him in preseason, so there's there's like this little nagging worry for me. But yeah, I worry a lot. So, and that's, MLS I think soccer.com dropped their power rankings today. Ooh, where did, we land? We, where did we land? Um, still scrolling down. Have oh, we landed <laughs> at 17 out of the whole league. Out of the whole league. Well, wow, that's pretty good. Uh, we're above New York Red Bulls, which kind of makes a little bit of sense, and we're also above Toronto FC, which. I'm not sure. Are they I getting Insignia like soon? Uh, he's going to be a summer signing. They, he's a pre-contract oh, okay. thing. But Carlos Salcedo is here. Bob Bradley's here. Yeah, it seems like a club with Bob Bradley. I mean, you kind of just got to assume they're going to be pretty decent, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Well, okay. So two guesses. Who is number 28 out of 28? Is it Houston Dynamo? Nope. Close. Chivas USA. <laughs> uh charlotte obviously charlotte, oh yeah i mean the team, they, the goal for like this their year. coach came out a week ago and was like we're screwed guys <laughs> <laughs> we're in a lot of trouble as long i mean yeah. their their bar is to not be worse than cincinnati so in the yeah. first year so uh houston is 26th just above fc cincinnati and charlotte fc Wait, where are we uh, in that in the 20s we are in it's 17. Oh, we're 17. Okay, that's good. I don't yeah. know that I believe, but whatever. We are right behind Columbus Crew and Whitecaps. And well, let's see how many Western Conference teams they put above us. Uh, one, Whitecaps, Minnesota, uh, Galaxy, Sporting, LAFC. You guys think we're going to we're gonna win? I think we've got uh, a chance. We've always got a chance, right? Yeah, it's not a very good answer. I, don't, I I uh I'm very no. very very curious about the starting lineup. I have no idea what that's going to look like. I don't think we're going to win this game. Also, is uh Kapelhoff? I'm I'm like curious about his plan. Like, are we planning on playing the three back? Like tradition? Like, are we going to see Kapelhoff, Glad, and Silva? Like, I, I don't know. Is he that's here? Kind of, have, have we seen he's, him? At yeah, training? he's here. He's okay. played last in, preseason game. Oh, yeah. that's right. And when and he plays, he is, Justin Glad plays in the middle, and that's a good thing because then Eric Colt's not playing in the middle. And he is... Uh, right. I forgot he was in that game. This is stereotyping quite a bit, but he is Dutch, so I assume he's comfortable with the three-man back line. He's I at thought they the 4-3-3. Three, three. The legends of his country, right? Uh, isn't the, uh, the Dutch is the 4-3-3 three, three country. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. Uh, nice stereotyping, Trevor. <laughs> yeah, bad, wrong. I guess what I, I'm I saying to, is, like, they the are Dutch, tactically Dutch flexible, camp. can, yeah, can mean, play whatever total, position... Total football, right? That yeah, is true. Total, they, can, they can do everything, so... Maybe a little bit of a stereotype, but a little bit. That's a very harmful and reductive stereotype, Trevor. And I will not be standing for that type of anti-Dutch uh, just Definition. sentiment on this podcast. I think it's it's absurd. It's abhorrent, maybe. Um, and maybe we just need all of you to do better on this podcast and we think about wanna, how our harmful racial and ethnic stereotypes uh, affect others, Trevor. I want to I want to apologize <laughs> for my recent 
comments and remarks. If you may have offended anybody. I'm, I'm sorry if you felt offended. Yeah, you have. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. funny. So, yeah. Uh, apologies to Rude Van Nistelrooy, Van Percy, and the other Vans that are out and, there. And Virtue. That's that's it. Virtue <laughs> Leonard, uh, apologies. Yep. We denounce Ajax, the club, uh, and we are fine art support. Wait, he's a fine art supporter, right? Yeah. For yes, the sure. until the end of time. So, and Crystal Palace too, because of the David Blitzer thing. So, yep. We are now a Crystal Palace podcast. So, uh, so the going Bente- to hour the two of the podcast. Oh, we're at one forty-seven. What are we going to talk about for hour three? Oh man. I gotta eat food. That's yeah, what I I've gotta got, do. I've got steak in a water bath right now, sous vide. So uh, uh, I'm gonna go sear those up and make some Brussels point. sprouts. Cool. Uh, right. Games on Sunday at five o'clock. Oh yeah, I I love games at that time. I think it's, it's great. Not in the middle of summer. And yeah. Not at home. Yeah. February. Sunday five o'clock, and then we've got the home opener after that. So get excited. Season starting. Um, a very this merry two 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 to you both. Two two mm-hmm. two two two. I used to work Thank in you. the two 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 building. This would have been a spectacular oh, day yeah. for that. Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's uh, let's hope for a good performance on Sunday. And here's hoping. I guess the season starts in earnest on Sunday. So hope, hope we got is it. a good word. We got let's this. land on the word hope. We yeah. got this. Okay. All right. Wait. What about believe? Could we do that one? it's a nice banging noise that's good can you hear that yeah yeah we can hear the banging and your camera shaking a lot which is funny yeah it's great it's my task all right well good night everybody good night